Hello, Rich. Good morning, or Can shall I say, okay. shall I say, ahoy? <laughs> ahoy. I can. I can hear you. Is it coming through okay here? Yeah, it actually sounds really good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Okay. If you can't tell already, uh, things are a little different this week. <laughs> Rich is on location at the uh, Berrien County Youth Fair, which I, I think I told you last night. I think that's becoming kind of a tradition for our Yeah, podcast. it seems to be. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's going to be, I, I posted on Facebook earlier, but there won't be a video uh, along with this podcast. So, Hopefully you're listening uh, to the audio right now and, and you don't miss the video too much. So I didn't want to just be me in front of a camera. I felt like that wasn't appealing. So, <laughs> Well, that that's wrong. Yeah, people, well, would well. people would love to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I don't have the eye patch this week. So oh, that's wow. my, I'm experimenting today with actually, you know, keeping my eyes open and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I experiment with that every day. <laughs> Well, um, I'm a little jealous. I like going to the fair, but I won't be able to get out there till Friday. So um, we probably go for two very different reasons. So I go mostly to just eat. So. <laughs> I happen to have a cinnamon roll and coffee in front of me right now. You're doing it right. <laughs> a, 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 a more affordable than, expen than expected coffee and uh, a less affordable than expected cinnamon roll. So <laughs> balances out then, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> My little guy is there right now, and he was saying that he wants an elephant ear today. So, are they here? Yeah, I just she just told me they were there. So, good. Well, then I will hopefully run into him a little yeah. later. And yeah. uh, the elephant ear place was closed when I went by there. I probably would have gotten that. But. Yeah, it's always a that's my favorite. I'm sure so, they'll open up so, soon. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we'll try. George to is also a foodie like his mother. So he is. Well, he's yeah. a he's an eater. <laughs> food and music. He'll he'll become a foodie as he goes yeah. along. He's been eating. He has he's been very adult life. tastes. <laughs> it's it's interesting to see a, a four year old who enjoys the hot Cheetos. He does like the hot Cheetos, yes. Uh, but then he he wants a glass of milk to go with. It's like if you give him if you give a mouse a cookie. If you give a mouse a hot Cheetos, you know, <laughs> want some milk. Well, anyway, we will try to. Um, I hear the fair activity going on behind you, but um, we will uh, try to proceed as normal, as normally as we can, as normal as we ever are. So. Well, hopefully, it's not too disruptive. I've I've sequestered myself in as quiet a place as I can find, so that's I don't know just if it's fine. Hopefully, work. you're not suffocating it's not too hot today yeah anyway so that's good no it's actually pretty gorgeous considering what august weather in southwest michigan often is during Truth. fair week especially it's, when you're uh, around uh animals <laughs> right. not, not the best smells in the world but uh <laughs> anyway so uh you you kind of triggered something in me this morning because you not in a bad way not in a 2022 20, triggering but <laughs> um you you said that i might have to kind of lead the way with the podcast here today and i was yeah, i don't like doing that <laughs> but um i did i i went back and looked at the um oh gosh i don't know what you want to call them at, at real life we kind of use these fill in the blank i don't know if you want to call them worksheets yeah. or guides or or whatever uh, along with each sermon, and I went back and, and looked at that this morning um, from this past Sunday, um, and we were in uh, in numbers still, numbers 11, I'm not going to mm -hmm. remember the, the exact verse. Um, Verses 1 to 3. 
versus one to three. Okay. I apologize if you hear a kitten. She will not leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> Kittens um, tend to be quieter than horses. And so true. you're probably okay. That's true. And I don't think we've podcast uh, via phone since I lost Oliver. So it should be much quieter. Than oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, we were in numbers 11, one to three. Um, and the core reality that you talked about was faith to follow the Lord requires intimacy, gratitude, and submission. And then you kind mm. of broke, broke down each of those categories. But just looking at that sentence uh, as a whole, I thought, wow, this was uh, literally in the Bible <laughs> that, mm. these, that these uh, people of God were struggling with intimacy, gratitude, and submission. And, and how fitting, especially for this podcast, where we kind of try to tie those things into what's happening today, as a society, as people, we still struggle with all three of those things. Oh, man, um, do we. And, and, and it seems to get worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, from, from when you even look at our, our relationships with each other, uh, if you want yeah. kind of a, a, a picture to follow intimacy seems to be struggling more than ever. And I think a lot of that might be due to technology or, or whatever. Gratitude is, it's, is hard and submission is even harder. So, right. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where there are so many factors, you know, uh, there's a lot of research out there talking about, you know, I, I just heard a report this week that came out from, I don't remember who, but basically telling us what we already know that, that we don't do relationships well anymore. Right. And right. that the more um, connected we are electronically, uh, the less connected we seem to be relationally, even though we have more and more opportunities and access and so on and so forth, but we don't have the relationship skills to go along with that. And right. it, it, there are so many different ways that a sociologist might approach looking at that. And you can see a lot of these factors and I, and I think they're all valid to a certain extent, but ultimately what it comes back to is, is our hearts are constantly um, called to intimacy with God and the world, the flesh and the devil conspire to keep us from intimacy with God. And so as we, uh, as we struggle or succeed in our human relationships, those both teach us about our relationship with the Lord and also prepare us for that. And so if we, uh, we've talked about this at length in, in other passages, you know, if, if we have uh, an inappropriate, I think I'll, I'll use that word, uh, an inappropriate uh, picture of God through our father, mm -hmm. it makes it much more difficult for us to relate God the Father as He is, whereas you know if the husband father picture in our lives in our families um, reflects the reality of Christ, then it, it it fosters for us a better understanding of who God is and how we relate to Him. Right, and I think that's that kind of goes hand in hand with the uh, submission side of things as well. And we've talked about that kind of at length before in different passages too. Nobody likes to hear that word. <laughs> Absolutely. We've turned it into something I think that's, I don't want to say bigger than what it actually is, but we've turned at it least into different. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think, I don't think we can get bigger, but you know, honestly, as we've talked about uh, this, it, so much of it is interconnected. And even as we we're going through this, uh, you know, I, I, I wrestled with whether that particular core reality, as I stated, it was 
maybe a specious connection or, or, or was, you know, overreaching from the text. And in a sense, it, it, it is because it's bigger than these three verses, but these three verses are a bridge between the first 10 chapters and what we are seeing in the rest of 11 and, and going through it. And so as we go into next week, We'll see, you know, the the people who are dissatisfied with God's provision, uh, and then Moses complains to the Lord because of the burden of having to carry these people, and you know, there's all this that goes into it. Really, the rest of the book essentially is this tension, this friction, if you will, between um, between God who is proving His love and providing and protecting and demonstrating this this. Um, this commitment and character that allows for the safety of an intimate relationship and a people who keep being ungrateful for what God is doing, doubting either his ability or his character or, or feeling that there's more out there than what he's giving. Our lives are so hard and so on and so forth. And, and to the point where in a couple of chapters, we'll see them actually reject the blessing that God has has promised them that, that everything is driving toward. And I feel like that happens to us a lot in our lives. Oh, 100%. You know, where, where God, you know, we want God to bless us. We ask God for this thing, whatever it is. And, and I have specific things in mind, but you know, there, there's so many things that, that come in and then God gives it to us, but we see it and we're like, Ooh, that, that requires more from me than I want. Or that, that doesn't have the same, shape or color that I was expecting. And right. so you know, how often, and, you know, not to, to make it too specific, because that ends up taking us down rabbit trails sometimes, but, but how often <laughs> do we <never>. see, <laughs> do we see, uh, I'll say, not just women, but I'll, I'll say women for the example, women who are praying, Lord, just, you know, bring me the right man so I can have this relationship. Uh, and then God presents the right man, but he doesn't look like you expect. Right. And so God provides a man of character who loves the Lord and, and, and can give a godlike love, but he's not as attractive or he's not right. as exciting or I don't feel the, the warm fuzzies that I wanted. We want the Hallmark movie. Right. Yeah, that's what we want. But in reality, isn't that what the world is always chasing after? And how is that working out across right. the board for the world? Right. It, it, whereas. God will put somebody in our laps. And, and again, even in things like Hallmark movies, how often do we see that where, you know, the real Prince Charming, who doesn't actually look like Prince Charming, right. is the one right in front of you the whole time. He's the while guy with the small chasing. town bakery. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're, and you're chasing after the, the guy that seems, he checks all the boxes and he right. seems like the right thing, but he's not. And, and so these are, are things that we do with God's blessings in so many, uh, in so many ways where, you know, we, you know, Oh Lord, give me greater faith. And, and the Lord's saying, okay, I'll give you greater faith, but that faith requires actually walking through the dark Valley. So right. you can see right. me provide, Oh, but I don't want to go through the dark Valley, but give me greater faith. Right. Well, the only way for you to get the greater faith is to go through the dark Valley. Right. Uh, no, pain. No, pain. no, thanks. I think I'll pass, you know, right. And so what we see here is kind of the, the beginning of that in these three verses that are, you know, it's real short. In fact, I have them in front of me, so I'll go ahead and read them. But it's a bridge between the first 10 chapters where basically they're, they're in camp, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're in camp, when you're at home, 
there are requirements, but they're really, it doesn't take much, right? So, you know, we see this obedience to the Lord as God is saying, do this, and the people do just as the Lord commanded. Uh, do this, and they do just as the Lord commanded through Moses, you know, over and over again. Because it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't right. require anything. Right. Now they've been moving for three days. You know, literally three days they're moving now. And there's no recorded hardships here. So there's not specific things that we're told about. Doesn't mean it wasn't hard. You know, if you can imagine, right, right, you're traveling through the wilderness on foot. If you've ever taken a road trip with children, you know how difficult that can be just in a car with air conditioning. But imagine, (laughs) right, yeah, and you can stop for fast food and all that kind of stuff. You don't have any of that. So you're traveling. Of course, it's hard. That that's, you know, it's the hard that makes it great. Somebody once said. So. Anyway, so here's uh, Numbers 11, 1 through 3. And the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. And which, again, we haven't heard any misfortunes yet, but they're having misfortunes. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire died. So the name of that place was called Tibera because the fire of the Lord burned among them. And that that uh, uh, name Tibera means burning. So that, that's the picture that we have. And then we'll see more specific complaints as they go along. But in, in this particular thing, uh, just in a plain reading, it seems pretty clear that this transition between uh, the, the Everything is good. God is setting us up. And, oh, we're so thankful for, for the Lord. We can't wait to follow the Lord and obey the Lord. We, we just love God so much. And then you start actually having to live it out, and it looks a lot different. And that feels to me, and, and maybe to you, maybe to some of our listeners, uh, it feels a lot like my life where, yeah. man, I feel so close to the Lord when we're gathered together and we're singing worship songs and I'm hearing the word expounded or expounding the word. And, and as we're, um, you know, we're gathered together in these intimate moments with God. And, and sometimes that happens privately and, and sometimes publicly. Most, I think most profoundly in the in the public gathering of God's people. But but we have those moments where it feels like a mountaintop. And, and it's almost easy. It's that in love feeling when you like the, the honeymoon stage, but then you have to get into regular life. And then Monday morning, rolls Monday morning is tough. Sunday afternoon for me is tough because by Sunday afternoon, you know, I'm emotionally and, and sometimes <laughs> physically just exhausted, you know, mentally right. drained. I can't put sentences together half the time. So my wife often tells me I'm not allowed to talk on Sunday afternoon because I've used up good words on Sunday morning and now it's only, you know, dumb stuff that comes up, but you know, it's easy for me to get frustrated and cranky yeah. when I come down off the mountaintop, right? Because right. there, there is a friction that we deal with in real life, and that's when faith actually matters. Faith, faith is easy until it's necessary. Right. Once I need the faith, then I realize it's kind of tough, and and that's so that's where they are here as they're dealing with this stuff. Right. And, it's so it's so easy, I think, to look at this, and it's this such a, a short passage. <laughs> I mean, right. when, you, when compared to you know some of the other things that we've been talking about in the past weeks, but there's there's a lot there to reflect on, I think, and we can look at it and so quickly be like, 
what's wrong with these people? Like, I got, they were freed from slavery. They're, you know, not facing any hardships as of yet. What the heck is wrong with these people? But then right. you, you just hit the nail on the head. This is my life. Like, this is exactly what I do. And Absolutely. And when you look <laughs> at it, you know, Dave, last week, for anybody who was listening last week, we had Dave Dehan as a guest on the podcast. He was a guest preacher um, on Sunday morning. And he was preaching through Psalm 23, which was uh, a matter of God's providence. We had no idea just how directly it would fit into where we would be going uh, on this Sunday's uh, podcast. And so as we're um, as we're rolling with with his sermon on Psalm 23, it struck me about two minutes in. Man, that is in direct contrast to what we read in in Numbers 11, 1 to three. Right. There, it, what David is praying, or, or, or what he's uh, saying in this psalm, which which is a prayer as well. You know, I, it, the Lord is my shepherd, and this picture continues in this shepherd imagery of the intimacy between the sheep and the shepherd. And the sheep follows the shepherd, relies on the shepherd, not because it's always easy, but because he knows the shepherd is good. And and so we looked then at John ten, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And and I don't think I brought it up on Sunday, but when you see that picture of what he says the good shepherd does, he makes the contrast between the hired hand who is not, you know, not invested. Right. So when a real threat comes, the hired hand is going to bail. He's going to protect the sheep until it comes to a choice between me or the sheep. Right. The shepherd, on the other hand, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And, and, and that picture of the character, that just reminds me of what Paul says in Romans 5 and Romans 8. If God was willing, if he loved us so much, but while we were yet sinners, he was willing to send his son to die for us. How much more is he willing to watch over us, to save us, to provide and protect now that we're his children, now that we've been reconciled to him? How could we imagine that anything that God would bring into our lives would be less than perfect, less than the absolute best, since it costs him less than the life of his son. Right. And he was willing to give his son to us, for us, while we were his enemies. It, it, it's illogical. And so when, when we couple that contrast with Psalm 23, we look at what God's been establishing in the setting up of, of the camps where, where every aspect of his children's lives is ordered around him. Mm-hmm. God at the center, his presence in the midst of his people, everything hinges on that presence to the point where in, um, in number six, when we see the, the high priestly ironic um, bless, uh, blessing of, for the people, God says, this is how you're going to put my name, how you're going to stamp my name on my people with this blessing. And, and as he speaks that blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. That, that he's giving us good things and he's preserving and protecting. This is God doing it. Every part of it is God doing it for us, right. in us, right. through us. And the Lord uh, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you so that we see his glory revealed to and through us as he gives his grace to us. And the Lord turn his face toward you or lift up his countenance upon you. I think the King James says that that shows this picture of intimacy, that it's not just this glory revealed to us, but his favor 
given to us in his in his personhood where we see the when we see name or face especially in the old testament there's a picture of relational intimacy that i'm seeing the true identity of of the person that that we're talking about and so when the lord um, makes his face shine upon us and turns his face toward us there's this picture of he's not just here with us in in, in his presence but he's here with us in the fact that he is for us. He is on our side and our behalf. And, and through that, he gives peace. Well, that blessing is a picture, a, a, a picture of intimacy and gratitude and submission to the Lord. It's, it, it all goes with it. When we look at Psalm 23, you can't escape this idea of the sheep being intimate with the shepherd being grateful for what the shepherd appreciating the shepherd's love for the sheep and and submitting to the will of the shepherd now sometimes that requires the shepherd's discipline through the rod and the staff but the sheep finds comfort in that because the shepherd won't let them go astray and if israel or rich zeiger or any of us were to to escape the friction of following. We're not going to escape it in that it's still going to happen, but to, to slip those surly bonds, the, the way to do that, the way to, to grease that friction, so to speak, is to have the intimate relational knowledge with God. With God. It starts with actually being in a covenant relationship with him mm-hmm. so that it's not just he is God, but he is my God. He's right. not just out there somewhere, and I recognize and believe in him. Most people do. We have an innate belief that we have to talk ourselves out of. Um, not just a spirit in the sky, you know. <laughs> exactly. So, so yes, he is, but now right, he is but... more than that, right? We acknowledge God the creator, but it's not just a creator. He's my Lord. He's my father. That we see when we're in covenant relationship. And we have a song that we do. We haven't done it uh, in the last few weeks. I don't remember when we last did it. Um, but, uh, and I don't recall who wrote it or who originally performed it, but uh, probably Brenton Brown. It feels like a Brenton Brown song. Uh, Lord Reign in Me, where it talks about that he's the Lord of, of all things. He's Lord of all the earth. Everything belongs to him. Lord, I want you to reign in me now. Now, you're already God. You're already the master of everything. But I want to submit to you, which is the fruit of that intimate relational knowledge and an appreciation of it. Right. And so this, this, you know, as I was going, going through this, I'm like, man, this sounds like what we talk about in marriage counseling. When I go through premarital counseling with, with a couple uh, before they get married, we talk a lot about intimacy. We talk a lot about submission. And not not always in the same terms, although I think I'm going to probably adjust it to make sure I get these terms in here, but the, the idea of appreciating one another, living a life of gratitude, being thankful for one another, even in those difficult times, right. that provides that, if I can use the term safe space, and we need that. You know, <laughs> there's... Safe space. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But, but there is something about that where, where it doesn't mean I'm unchallenged, Right. But it means I'm unthreatened. Yeah, my, you know, you know go intimacy. Ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you go. I've been talking <laughs> too long. No, you're fine. Um, just while you're while you're still on that, you know, it reminds me some of the some of the counselors or therapists that I've had to write for are marriage counselors, and they, you know, one thing that they always want to get across is that 
you know, one thing that couples should recognize, even when you're, you, it, you're arguing, or it might seem like you're on opposing sides, is that ultimately, you're on the same team. Yeah. And you, you yeah, want the same huge. things, right? You want the same things, you might have different ways of getting there. And right. that's where you're butting heads, but you're on the same team. And I think when we look at that from our relationship and our intimacy with God, it's important that God is on my side. <laughs> and, well, and, and not to not to jump down a uh, marriage <laughs> rabbit trail too too far, but there's a reason a picture, that right. it is a picture. But there's a reason why we need to evaluate the relationship rationally, not just emotionally, before we get in. And I know that takes a bad rap today. I just saw an episode of Heartland where uh, Lou was making out a checklist for the right guy. My least favorite character on the show, by the way. Okay. Super annoying. Lou's probably not the person you should base here. <laughs> right, exactly. But, but you know, that I, I said to Shelly, that's probably the most sensible thing she said in the entire series. Because <laughs> if you're going into a relationship of any degree of intimacy with a person, you need to understand just what you just said, especially if we're going to be going into marriage, that we are going the same direction, that we, that we have, we want the same things. We need to know that before we invest mm -hmm. deeply and in each, at each level of investment, we need to, we need to uh, clarify that we have the shared core values. It doesn't mean we agree on everything, but we we value the same things. We want the same things. We're going the same direction. I don't mean that we, you know, we have the same choice of menu or even that we have the same vision for the future, but we need to have the same core vision, right. uh, which is why when it's centered on Christ, it changes everything. But to come back to our, our, our personal walk with the Lord, the, the, the picture of marriage and, and specifically marriage and sexuality and, and family, God uses these things. Uh, and this isn't me making it up. It's the pictures. These are the, the, the pictures that he uses throughout the scripture to describe himself and his relationship to his people. He uses husband and bride terms. He uses the, uh, the caregiving terms. He uses terms of father and child. And, and there's an intimacy and there's a dependence and there's a gratitude that, that is, is and needs to be endemic in that. And, and if we get away from that, which every time we do marriage, sexuality, family, society, differently we think we have a better plan you know right. i know this has been how they've done it for millennia but that's where they weren't as enlightened as we are and, right. and they weren't as evolved as we are so therefore you know this submission thing that's got to go you know uh gender roles that's got to go uh, you know all these kinds of things every time we do that we 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 sever the tendrils that hold us to a sound understanding of god and when the more away from authority and submission in very life, not just in marriage, but, you know, we, we have a uh, just this resistance and a resentment of authority uh, in general, yeah. but we can't function without it. We, you know, especially as Americans, I think we, we, we love freedom and autonomy, and yet we still need order and order requires authority and submission. And there is, and, and this is, I guess, where in some sense, in, in a lot of senses, a, a democratic uh, form of government, uh, you know, Republican government like we have, or any kind of a, of a democratic form of government kind of um, messes up some of the pictures that we understand of, of a king and subjects. But there's one way that it makes it very, very clear. 
And that is the, sub the submission to authority in a government of the people, by the people, for the people, requires a willing, uh, voluntary submission. And that's what any meaningful relationship is rooted in. It's, it, it, it's a choice to submit, even when that choice isn't, <laughs> isn't what I really want, but I know that the other options aren't good, right? right. And so when we're talking about submitting to the Lord, why do we submit to God? Well, first and foremost, because he is God, right? He's, he's everything. He is the, the omnipotent being in the universe. And as, uh, as we encounter him, this is why the beginning of wisdom, where it starts, is the fear of the Lord. And then as we grow in that relationship, perfect love drives out fear. As we recognize that this being of our fear not just of our reverence, but our dumbstruck awe right. is also the one who loves me most deeply, most intimately, most perfectly. And because intimacy innately requires an, uh, an emotional nakedness, if you will, an exposure uh, of vulnerability, it necessitates a sound character in the person to whom I am opening myself. So this is why, you know, in, in you know, Sternberg's triangular theory of love, where you have passion and intimacy and commitment, when those things get distorted, when, when they're out of balance, then, then you can have an, an overly intimate, dangerous, harmful, codependent, abusive relationship, because the, the integrity and character of the commitment that provides safety isn't there. So you need the safety of sound character. Well, the Lord's character is perfect. He's perfectly loving. He's perfectly good. He's perfectly able to deliver on his promises. And and there's nothing that I should ever doubt him. Now, do I doubt him? Sure, because I'm weak-willed and failing, but not because I have reason to. Right. So I can be completely open and vulnerable to God and entrust myself to him knowing that he will never, ever harm me. And when harm comes into my life, it's because he's using it for a greater purpose to develop me. And I need that pain. Otherwise he wouldn't let me have it. Right. And when I see him and I know him and I'm grateful, I appreciate what it means that he gives me everything I need and everything that I couldn't possibly deserve. And I rely on his character and submit my, I choose to relinquish my will in favor of his will. Mm -hmm. Then the natural thing I'm going to do is to follow by faith. And, and that's what it requires for us to be able to get out of the camp and marching through life when we face the friction that will inevitably will. Right. Well, I am going to stop us there because this one doesn't cut off, but I am going to stop us at 30 minutes. <laughs> we should Good job. More often. This, is why you're the, this is why you are the producer here and we are the home of professional why podcasting. Why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. In fact, I, you did such a nice job. I think we'll double your pay after this. Woo! <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, <laughs> uh, we will stop that. Maybe you can pay me in an elephant ear. I will take that. Um, well, see, no, that's a good idea. <laughs> we'll stop there for today, but I appreciate you taking time away from the fair to do the cast. It's appreciated. Um, and if you guys have, I don't have to rush through my little ending spiel here, so that's nice. If you guys, have <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited because I love I love being able to spend time with you and with our listeners and uh, all seven of them. And as we are in the UK, are, uh, <laughs> as we are doing this, uh, it it just it feels 
good and right to be, even though it's by phone, just to be able to be with you and, and be a part of this together after being away for a few weeks. Uh, last week was uh, interesting getting back to it. it. So I just, I appreciate it more after I've been away a bit. That's usually how it goes. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you guys have any questions or comments, feel free to uh, email us at somethingreal@reallifeonline.org, or you can leave a message on Facebook or YouTube or a comment, or you can give us a call either using the Anchor app, if that's how you listen to your podcasts, or by calling the church at 269-756-RLCC. And with any luck, we will be back to normal and in person by next week. So look for that. <laughs> I am looking forward to it. And Rich will be eye patch free. Hopefully so. I'm, I'm, I'm counting on being able to preach without an eye patch on Sunday. <laughs> I think it works for you. But... <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you later.